Hello, fellow Lucky Martians. Welcome to episode number two of the Deep Dive Autobiography, I Am a Particularly Lucky Martian, by Jay Crandall. If you're like me and you love word games, you'll love Don't End a Word. Based on a deceptively simple two-player word game I played in the car with my parents growing up, it is now available. I still had a hot hand. I was born in Fairfax, Virginia, a wooded and peaceful, diverse, and safe suburb. It would become one of the wealthiest neighborhoods in the nation, with the best public schools as well. I was the only child of the perfect parents for me, Joe and Kim. Joe was an affable, patient, and well-meaning economics graduate, a talented high school long-distance runner who would go on to enjoy and excel working at MTMC as a traffic manager. After setting the cross-country hitchhiking speed record in college and acing a civil service test, Kim, an empathetic, patient, and understanding woman who went to high school in India, majored in psychology and would get a master's in clinical social work, a job she would also enjoy and excel at. After graduating college, she received a diagnosis of cancer, and they didn't have any health insurance. She couldn't afford the surgery, so my parents took their dream vacation to Greece. Luckily, the diagnosis turned out to be a false positive. Soon thereafter, they got married, and while pregnant with me, they started getting some alarmingly fitting fortune cookie messages. The second one, they created themselves. I am incredibly lucky to have had parents who were willing and able to devote themselves to the upbringing of such a demanding child as myself. They provided me with an idyllic, loving, happy, and productive childhood. I was a handful, high energy and impulsive, but intelligent, inquisitive, and creative as well. The prospect of continuing to add to the family never came up. I was a cute blonde, a curly-haired handful. My kindergarten teachers once attempted to corral me by tying a length of string in a circle on the floor around my desk, declaring the center to be my space, from which I could not escape. This tactic worked for a bit, until I untied the string and proclaimed that now, everywhere was my space. I was asked to write down my favorite and my least favorite foods. For my favorite, I chose strawberry daiquiris, or strawberry daggers, as I called them. And for my least favorite, I picked pig fat. It sure looked like I had a very interesting diet, but I really enjoyed the virgin strawberry daiquiris that we made. And I cannot imagine a more disgusting thing to eat than the trimmings from a piece of pork. For some reason, I was envious of wise people and wanted some of their whizdy, which is what I thought wise people had. We raised baby chickens and were tasked with constructing vehicles for them. Mine was a bizarre objet d'air, with perches for the chicks, and I licked to Saprisa Thumper, I like to surprise Thumper. Thumper was the classroom rabbit. At the end of my first year of school, my parents were faced with a dilemma. The beleaguered kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Bealfield, explained to them that she saw two options. Hold me back to repeat kindergarten, or jump me ahead a grade. My good luck continued, as my parents enrolled me in the Montessori school nearest us, Holmes Run Montessori School. My mother quit her job so she could transport me to and from school. I am so thankful I was able to spend my early elementary years there. It was a perfect fit. I didn't have to keep my butt planted in a seat. We would plan our own daily curriculum and work through it independently at our own speed. Little rolled up rugs that we would unfurl to work on. To this day, when washing dishes at the sink, I would get flashbacks to doing the same after lunch there. We had to ask to go to the bathroom in French, and all the elementary students were in one big classroom. I started numerous stories wherein the protagonist planned to go on adventures, but failed to embark on it. 
My mother engaged me in lots of fun, mentally stimulating activities, like creating this hidden animals list of sentences, each one containing the name of a different animal. How many can you find? I would also pen my own short stories, including the terrifying I'm After You. I was no longer labeled as a troublemaker, and in time, became the class's elder statesman. It was a peaceful childhood, with my mother handling my intellectual development and my father engaging me in athletic fun. In the backseat of our cherry red Subaru station wagon, my parents would take me on frequent trips to the impressive and incredibly free Smithsonian. It was idyllic, but we had monsters. I was a published, apocalyptic, third-grade presidential advisor and pin designer. My dad took a government service aptitude test and scored very highly in the areas necessary to become a civilian working as a military shipping manager. I have a memory of my dad telling me a story before bedtime about the adventures of a flying dragon. And my mother read with me almost every night and encouraged me to tag along with her to our local public library, where I would load up on books. I remember being a big fan of the Choose Your Own Adventure series, loving this one, as well as the Redwall series, Terry Pratchett, and Dragonlance books. My mother was a voracious reader, and I would inherit that gene. She would take me with her to the library, and I would often stay up late to finish a chapter in bed before shutting off the lamp. I would buy books of particular interest, often from the library's book sales, and built up quite a library. I was fond of whipping out, I've read books about it, in disagreements with my friends. Multiple whole books. And none of us watched much TV either, as our TV was located downstairs, away from our main eating and living area. And years ago, we had lost the remote. Most nights would find us curled up on the sofa with a book or a newspaper. My parents did not watch much TV at all and had not bothered to get a new remote after losing it. So I scooted the TV up next to the sofa and plopped myself on the floor, operating the set-top channel controls and leaning on the sofa. I have a distinct memory of how you would get a flicker of a block channel when first flipping to it. Prepubescent Jay was exposed to the mysteries of the birds and the bees in the up-close flickers of the grainy CRT. You've been listening to episode number two of Jay Crandall's Deep Dive Autobiography, I'm a Particularly Lucky Martian. A while ago, I decided to turn a collection of t-shirt design ideas, which innocently and covertly depict vulgar phrases, into t-shirts. Things like a man with a giant wooden golf club, a deer with a massive rack, horns, etc. To get one and snicker about it in the lunchroom, visit tinyurl.com slash secretlyvulgar. And check out tinyurl.com slash hidden animal sentences to see a list of hidden animal sentences I made with my mom in elementary school illustrated with the animal from that sentence hidden in the picture. Unfortunately, I didn't live near my school, so I wasn't able to hang out much with my friends there. Fortunately, I was good friends with the kid next door, an older boy named Teddy, and Jin, whose family had moved in across the street from Korea. Teddy was about four years older than me, but we would still both enjoy elaborate Lego campaigns on my bedroom floor. I would also spend a lot of time outside, as our house was one of the few in our neighborhood to have a back 40, where my father planted a garden. It was a peaceful childhood, with my mother handling my intellectual development and my father engaging me in athletic fun. Nonetheless, I still insisted on riding in the back seat when going anywhere in the car, a la Miss Daisy. I recall skating circles around our block that would take me down the steepest road in the neighborhood, Chanticleer. I had a stuffed bear I called Bebop, named after the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles villain. 
In the backseat of our cherry red Subaru station wagon, we would make frequent trips to the impressive and incredibly free Smithsonian. It was darn near perfect, but we had monsters. I loved almost all animals and very much enjoyed our neighborhood's forested paths and was a staunch conservationist. My parents alerted me to an article about a book called Dear Mr. President, calling for submissions of children's suggestions to the president. Mine was pretty dire, and a portion of it got published. My class at school got to make our own buttons with stick-on letters and the like. As a big conservationist, I thought I would use this assignment to spread a more ecological way of thinking and to identify myself as well. What I produced ended up looking like a request to myself to prevent the world from blowing up. It looks like we should have listened, and I guess Jay Inslee thought this pin was directed at him. Only recently have I realized its full irony, as meteoric impacts were in fact responsible for our existence. One day in third grade, I answered the ring of our doorbell to discover Steve, a friend from my kindergarten class. Steve had just moved down the street and found my name listed in an address book. Steve was an athletic and kind boy, with whom I built forts for the tent caterpillars at recess. He would become my closest friend. I have a visceral memory of accidentally stepping on one of the caterpillars, and in my attempt to jump away, stepping on another, to my considerable distress. We would walk down in the creek in the woods, invent board games with tails, a handmade carved fox which I later painted Warhammer blood for the blood god red. The game used tail lengths as a metric for the functionality of his attacks, produce claymation videos, and develop an elaborate make-believe world of bouncy boys, essentially smiley faces with arms and legs, which I would eventually put into mech suits and their enemies, the dastardly eyeballs. We would hang out frequently and have slumber parties where we'd stay up late in forts constructed from sofa cushions, and if staying over at his house, would accompany his family to church. I was sorely lacking in any religious teachings and was asked to do a reading at their church's teen get-together where I exposed my unchurched ways, telling my other classmates about Jesus and his disciples. He and my next-door neighbor, an older boy named Teddy, were my only close friends, but I saw each of them with enough frequency that I never felt lonely. Ever the gluttons for punishment, my parents then got our dog, Sophie. She and I were similar in nature, as she was a terrier poodle mix, which is a great combination of smarts and high energy, and she was a very strong-headed dog. We almost never had her eyes trimmed, like in my picture. It has been said that raising a poodle is like raising two dogs, because they're so smart, and the same can be said of terriers because of their high energy. So I guess you could say Sophie was like raising four dogs, but we loved her all the more for it. A similar thing can be said about hyperactive children and gifted children, and I was both. The thought of having another child never came up. Sophie once climbed the firewood stack out back and escaped, only to scratch at her front door to get back in. And she was a very picky eater. Her meals had to be from a can of Mighty Dog and guzzied up with some primo human food to be appealing. As a terrier poodle mix, she was pretty much the opposite of a golden retriever, a smart, cantankerous dog who loved to get her teeth on things she wasn't supposed to have and then bound to the dining room table. She would dash to the opposite side from us, playing keep away and furiously chewing whatever it was she wasn't supposed to have. I started a drawing of Sophie, but was unhappy with the eyes. So I gave her big futuristic sunglasses and slapped her on an MC Escher-esque, thanks to my understandings of perspective at the time, rocket-propelled hoverboard, which was spouting flames. Kind of an odd thing for a hoverboard to do. And thus, Hoverpup was born. A few years later, I streamlined her ride and gave her a jetpack, 
when she was older, I did a pen and ink gift card for my Aunt Isabel, featuring her equally rambunctious terrier by the name of Susie, and also did one of Sophie. I think I was making up for her hover pup's lack of eyes because Sophie's here are kind of soul-piercing. She gained visible eyes, but I made them into unobscured orbs, quite the opposite of her standard haircut. I also created a Sophie comic, in which I budgeted out a few too many towels for my storyline. When she was young, Sophie suffered an injury and was put on steroids during her recovery, which unfortunately made her suspicious, if not downright hostile, to strangers and emphasized her terrierness. She still loved us and anyone she knew before her surgery, and her cantankerousness, particularly when paired with her intelligence and high-energy terrier obstinance, was endearing to us. Riding a skateboard, I would let her pull me along on her leash, and if it was raining, she would stick her nose out of the back door, backing up to run to scratch at the front door, hoping it was clear out front. Believe it or not, we recently found ourselves right at the edge of a storm cloud. At neighborhood yard sales, Sophie would pick out a stuffed animal and yank on the leash to head home while we struggled to pay the person selling it. I have a strong memory of purchasing and really liking a crisscross cassette at a yard sale and listening to it on my Walkman while I skated. Some of them try to rhyme, but they can't rhyme like this. You've been listening to episode number two of Jay Crandall's Deep Dive Autobiography, I Am a Particularly Lucky Martian. To see the Google Docs version of this with extra bits that didn't quite work in podcast form, visit tinyurl.com slash luckymartian2. Many thanks to Google for providing the perfect medium to record this. And check out Don't End a Word in the Android App Store if you're like me and love word games. Thanks to Shining Seconds for composing the theme music. You can access their webpage at shiningseconds.bandcamp.com. See you next episode, and stay lucky.